This is the Robbie G Podcast, episode number eight. This episode features Rob Bateman. He runs a show on YouTube called Adeptus Psychonautica, and we dive deep into the topics of DMT, ayahuasca, and psychoactive drugs, you know, psychedelics, uh, getting into different alternate states of mind and consciousness and talking about how it uh, how it affects your life and how it can change your life in a positive way so hope you guys enjoyed this episode and uh, keep tuning in yo this is the maestro fresh west we're chilling with robbie g the boy joel ortiz and you already know i'm rocking out with my dude yo what up it's the kid mercules hey yo this is the one and only r.a the rugged man it's your man's ob trice yo this is double faction you're listening to and you're listening to robbie g robbie g robbie g you already know what it is man Hello, hello. Hey, Robbie, how you doing? Pretty good yourself. Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good to uh, good to get you on. Yeah, dude, nice to meet you. How's it going? It's going good. Um, I'm out in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. So, okay, is that where you normally at, or is this how you're out on the road at the moment? Ah, uh, no, this is where I live right now. Cool. Yeah. Let's see if I can start the video. There we go. There we go. Awesome, yeah. Everything sound okay? All the levels are all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, just getting them adjusted right now, but looks like we got got a good level, good feed. So yeah, how's uh, how's how's life where you're living? Yeah, man. Well, I'm in Switzerland at the moment. Even though I'm from the UK, I, I live in Switzerland. Um, so yeah, mate. It's pretty pretty scenic at the moment. It's all all mount snow covered mountains and all that all that stuff. So it's uh, yeah, it's a good time of year. Nice, nice. Yeah, Christmas coming up soon. Exactly, mate. Yeah, kids are going nuts for it. <laughs> uh, holiday, holiday cheer. And and what's it? Uh, what's the situation like in Switzerland as far as like lockdowns and stuff like that? Are you forced to stay home or? Yeah, it's, it's getting a little bit, little more serious. I think we, whenever all the rest of the world was very locked down, we were had it pretty lightly. So um, it's kind of ramped up a little bit the last couple of months, but still not. Yeah, I, I I can't really complain about it. To be honest, it's not as bad as it is, say, back in England or in some of the other countries around Europe. So I'm not going to bitch about it too much. It's, it sucks, but yeah, you know. I feel you. Hopefully, not for too much longer. Yeah, it's one of those things you you just got to kind of accept. And when you complain about it every day, who you know, you, that's not a good energy that you want to have. So yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it. Start it starts playing on your mind. You're just your own sort of kind of awareness of the shittiness of the situation starts getting on so you have to just kind of it's one of those things you have to kind of pull yourself up by the bootstraps and power through it so mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where i'm going with it just try and yeah just try and try and keep in mind the you know things that we've got to be grateful for and yes so key so key having appreciation <laughs> and uh you know yeah be thankful for everything that we have because there's there's a lot that we were taking for granted before this that we didn't, well, I think that that we didn't yeah, realize. that is one thing that's definitely come out of this thing. It gives you an appreciation of yeah, just how amazingly privileged all our modern lives are. Like mm-hmm. I just used to take it so much for granted that I can just jump on an aeroplane and go over here and go and do this, and then you sort of realize, yeah, this is all like a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you really have to kind of like slap yourself up the face and uh, yeah, be grateful for what you got. For sure, we live in a 
interesting time now where we're able to to travel around, do so many different things, travel in physical form, and then also travel in our astral forms in uh, oh, into yeah. various dimensions, and 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 that's something that I'm very excited to talk to you about today. Um, so yeah, I want to get right into it. So for people who don't okay, know, dude. you uh, you have a a show called the DIY Psychedelic Research, um, and it, well, your own your own podcast as as well. The what, what's the podcast called? Uh, well, I don't actually do a podcast, mate. I think the the, the channel's called Adeptus Psychonautica. Adeptus Psychonautica, and yeah, this this was this was one that you, I'm just pulling up this one that you did with Dick Khan um, that I was listening to the other the other night. That was uh that was quite interesting. Yeah, so that one was actually talking about Dick because because he was he's like the, the DIY psychedelic researcher. Oh, okay, that's why that one's titled that. Yeah, so yeah, it's the yeah, so Adept Adeptus Psychonautica. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a pig Latin thing. I kind of made up. It the the, the rough translation uh, would be um, someone who is in the an, initiated into the school of psychonautics, if there was such a thing. So I kind of think of myself as someone who's on like a learning journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't consider myself like a master or a guru or anything like that. I'm just someone who is, you know, a student who is dipping into this kind of this topic of which there is you know, this, this almost like occult topic because there's no kind of like official schools of this. There's these, all these like practices all over the world of these shamanic traditions and, you know, these, these sort of ancient sort of uses of these things. Um, and yeah, that's kind of why, how I see myself is just kind of weaving my own way through these different cultures and stuff and just trying to pick out um, what's useful and what works for like, you know, an everyday person like me. Yeah, well, it's very ap- applicable. I know it's. I know what you mean by not having any school out there, because it seems like this is this is something that should be taught. Um, you know, psychedelics are now coming a, a little bit more f- to the forefront. Um, there was just that uh, uh, article I saw that I think it's in the UK that they're now doing the first clinical studies for DMT um, mm-hmm. to treat. Uh, I think it's depression. I think it was, or, or some sort of mental illness. But yeah, I mean, that that was massive to see that. And I'm seeing, you know, breakthroughs even in um, with with mushrooms, um, seeing that starting to become more legal and, and more acceptable in, in different places. So um, yeah, obviously crazy, huh? DM, DMT, ayahuasca, that stuff is still, um, you know, needs to be able to, to come to places and be able to be available for everybody I, I feel like it's such a crime to humanity that these things are not um more easily accessible like to find dmt is like this this r- rabbit hole like yeah. you got to dive down and be able to find the right people who who know it and 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 can get it and then source it and find and and know that it's good stuff as well right like stuff that's actually yeah. going to uh, transport you well there's i mean i think there's, there's two bits to that so i mean the first thing is, is like you say is that you know we, we want to take the kind of the criminal element away from these things and make them sort of more freely available but then the yes. second part which is a bit which i, I think we're still grappling with as, as a species is us being ready to receive them because we, we, we're coming from a place where yeah. this is just it's it's not in our dictionary i mean it, it, you know this is not like when you go to say you know south america and the amazon where there's guys who can be talking about, you know, like, you know, what did you have for breakfast? Or, and yeah, last night I was tripping away with with the plant spirits. You know, that's just built into their sort of culture where these things, you know, can be 
pushed into one thing. Whereas I, if I went into the office tomorrow and started saying, talking about like having a transcendent experience, they'd, they'd, you know, they'd send me off to be locked up. We just don't have the framework for, for people to be comfortable around that. So mm-hmm. as, well, as well as just the things being available, I think we as a society uh, have got to like kind of mature a bit and open our, open our minds, not just on an individual level, but as on a society level. Because when we do incorporate these things, people are going to start having like very strange experiences all over the place. And mm-hmm. we need to be able to deal with that without just going, whoa, that guy's gone nuts. Oh, that guy's an idiot. That, that, that guy, whoa, he's, you know, he's a nutter. We've got to be able to have a bit more compassion and sort of like, wow, he, okay, he's going through something. He's going through a problem. Let's, let's try and guide him through it so that he doesn't feel, you know, they don't feel isolated or withdrawn mm-hmm. or start getting delusions of grandeur and stuff like that. So yeah, I think there's a real potential for positive shift at the moment but there's also a massive potential for us getting this completely wrong and ending up back in some kind of like 1960s prohibition sort of stuff so mm-hmm. yeah interesting time <laughs> that's you you make an excellent point there yeah you don't psychedelics are, are one of those things that when you do them the stories that you come back with when you say them to people who have never experienced it it's like you're talking another language they're like what huh that what that makes absolutely it just makes no sense to them and you know like you said you can't walk into a regular workplace and just be like hey i was talking to you know this entity last night and it gave me all this information they're like what are you talking about like like, huh exactly and that could be the most like profound moments of of your life like Mm -hmm. again if i use like the, the, the office as like a scenario if i went into the office like tomorrow and said and someone said to me, what did you do at the weekend? And I said, oh, you know, um, you know, my wife had a baby. He'd be like, oh, you know, good on you. You know, pats on the back as well, because everybody understands that scenario. I can even go into the office and say, what did you do at the weekend? They say, I got completely smashed. I got blind drunk with my best friends. And they go, oh, well done, you know, pats on the back. But if I went in and said, look, guys, I, something happened to me that just shook me to my core. And I'm really like... I, I, I'm going to have to reevaluate what I think about my existence. Mm-hmm. Then again, everyone would just start freaking, <laughs> freaking out. Like, yeah, I, I had a, I had a communication with the divine, like what, whatever, whatever the highest power is that I was talking to it last night. Yeah. You're just instantly in basket case territory. And so we're, yeah, we're really going to have to uh, develop that. And I think part of that is, is just like conversations like this, that, you know, if we can normalize that conversation, mm-hmm. then it stops becoming sort of, you know, something taboo and something wacky and people will, will, will start, I don't know, it'll, it'll just work its way into the sort of the everyday vocabulary thing. So I think stuff like this is, is always, a, I love having these opportunities just to talk, just to yeah, talk about it to like another, another human being. Same. I, I, I agree. I'm totally with that too. So, and, and I remember when I was younger and this thought is coming to me specifically right now when I was, uh, when I was in grade school, this must've been maybe grade seven or eight. There was this kid in school. Um, and he was so different from everyone else. Everyone used to make fun of him and stuff and like say, Hey, you're a loser, this and that. And I remember bef- befriending him and like, you know, we, we we started hanging out we were both like kind of weird individuals and he he kept telling me these stories about how he would have entities come to him like late at night and female entities and enter his body and he would have like 
this astral projection sex with them and it was like incredible and i'm just like what are you talking about dude like <laughs> this was literally this was grade six seven eight something like that like we were so young and i'm just yeah. like this it made no sense to me i remember being so confused and then now progressively as i've come to to learn more about psychedelics and 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 i had my first breakthrough um this year uh on on dmt that was just just magical um you know now i and and had an entity enter me and start talking through me and i, f I felt what that was like and then now i can understand what, what yeah. i didn't have a, a female enter me and have that sexual experience but i still had somebody some something come inside me and then talk through me and that was um, you know, that just made me realize like, holy, that, that story that that kid was telling me years ago, like that, that was real. Like that was something that was really yeah. happening. And I just had no way to understand it. No language, like you said, to really comprehend what he was talking about. Yeah. I mean, just that, that whole idea of an altered state, it's just not there. We don't, we don't, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're brought up in this thing of like, in this paradigm of, of this is it, this, this is you and this is reality and j just get on with it. And then as soon as you have one of the experiences, particularly when you have like what you just, you know, DMT sort of breakthrough experience, then you just, it, this just all just falls away. And you, even, you know, just the fact that there is another mode of existence mm -hmm. just behind the curtain, it's, I mean, it, it, you, it cannot, you cannot help but have it completely change your, your idea of, of other people, of compassion, of, you know, your existence on the planet, of, of what the planet is, what the universe is. Because it all just, it just falls away in, in a way that it couldn't have done five minutes earlier. And it's, and, and you know, when you, you talk about your, your friend at grade school, it's, it's funny because a, a lot of the people who go down this shamanic route start at a, at a very young age. They do have these kind of experiences, what we would describe as like a psychedelic experience of, of you know, someone um, who, who just seems to be able to access these kind of moral mm -hmm. states. And typically they, they, in other cultures are going down this kind of shamanic path. Like a lot of the guys I talked to in South America started at a very early age, uh, sort of like, you know, it's like 12, 12, 13 years old. And they were just kind of, they, they felt this pull to this, this shamanic path. And again, there you've got this culture around it. So th at that point they just start, you know, dieting different plants and you're going on all these different journeys and stuff like that. Whereas in sort of in our culture, it's like, oh yeah, that, that's that's the weird kid. We don't know, we don't mm -hmm. know what to do with them. Totally, he was so ostracized and so shunned by everybody, yeah. and he was probably the most connected in the spiritual realm out of any any anyone that I've ever met. You know what I mean? Like he mm -hmm. and he already had it without having to use the tools like we do. Um, you know, using psychedelics to connect. He connected just naturally and that's that's mind-boggling to me and and since since having that breakthrough this year um mm -hmm. it's happened to me where i feel like i've connected without any use of psychedelics and this has happened um in 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 the waking state and also in the dream state where i'm dreaming and all of a sudden it like I just get smashed with this wave like I just got a huge DMT hit and then the whole everything in the in the dream world turns into you know geometric patterns and shapes and like somebody touched me on the forehead once and knocked mm -hmm. me on my back and sent me down this wormhole like it's like the once you've opened up the door I, f I feel like exactly it's um it 
you it, the door is open now and anytime you can have some sort of communication with that other realm those other yeah, realms. yeah. Well, i always think it's, it's kind of like you know it's it's you know the, the dam breaks or you pop the cork and one, once you pop that cork you know it's like you shake the bottle of champagne you pop the cork you know that's done then that that's you know it's not going back into the bottle so it's mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's a very common thing for people to say that um you know on, on different degrees so so one thing is that once you've had one of these breakthrough experiences then uh on following psychedelic sort of sessions you'll only need a much smaller amount to get there mm-hmm. and then the, the sort of scenario what you described is where you know you don't even need to necessarily be on anything and suddenly just like whoa slip back into that space and it could be you know you hear a certain sound or a piece of music or something that something that just connects you back uh, to that thing and some people can also find that incredibly destabilizing because you know you do an event like say like a you know an ayahuasca ceremony or dmt session or something and then it could be six months later and you think you know this is now you think it's in your past and something happens you're like whoa and you're straight back into all that all that geometry and stuff and um Again, I think this is why we need to have these conversations about these things because that is something to be aware of. You, you people need to be aware of that you're not just necessarily taking something for, you know, with DMT. It's it's not just like ten minutes and then you're done. Mm-hmm. This this might change the rest of your life. Um, totally. Hopefully, in a positive way. And I think and I think you can aim it towards a positive way if you are aware of it and if you you know can can integrate it into that way. But if you sort of if you have like a traumatic experience with it and then you're sort of, you know, you're not prepared for it, then yeah, mm-hmm. six months later when that starts coming back and you're going to f- freak out. So it's, uh, it's why I always try and sort of promote on, on my channel that sort of just to give an honest representation of these things, because I think they're incredible. I think, I think these are the most amazing Same. substances on the planet, but it's not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows and you do, we do have to treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. So important, so important. So treat them with respect, treat them with reverence, take them in in places where you're really, um, you know, taking care of everything and making sure you either have a spotter there that's, you know, not not consuming the substance that can can watch the room, or if you're you're in a shamanic, um, you know, ceremony, you've got somebody that you can trust that's watching over the group, and because that that's so important too. I mean, <clears throat> with the ayahuasca retreats, um. Yeah, like the Icaros and, and everything that they they sing and that like that whole part of it is so important. You can't like I've, I've watched the the documentaries on on different, um, you know, organizations that have started up ayahuasca centers. And there are some in, in like the states and like southern states and stuff. And they're like they're just doing their own thing kind of and it's still connecting them. But mm-hmm. in there's definitely something that, that I feel gets missed when you're not like fully immersed and in, in the right place where it's supposed to be, you know, taken. So I, I, I think you, you were talking about in, in that, uh, that, that show that I'd listened to about, a t- you've, you've down, gone down to Peru, right. Or, or somewhere in, in the Amazon to, to participate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I've, I've done it in a, a few places. So I did, a, I've done a few, um, retreats here in Europe and, um, yeah, one of my one of the earliest ones. I, I did I, the first one I did was was in Europe, mm-hmm. and it didn't really connect with me. And again, it probably possibly for the reasons you just mentioned. I did not, I, I didn't feel comfortable in that retreat. I got the f- impression that the guys didn't know what they were doing. It wasn't mm-hmm. rooted in any kind of particular tradition. Were they but singing still, the songs? Were they singing? No, they no. just they just had a laptop and they were playing some 
playing different playlists yeah, on like, it. It was yeah, it, was, it wasn't even like professionally mixed together. Or anything. It was just like they were stopping and starting songs all over the place. So it's yeah, it was it was really badly yeah, organized. But even still, even with it being badly organized, I still had a decent effect with the substance. So I knew there was something there, and I thought, okay, but let let's see. You know, I, I've, I've I've tried the sort of like the cheap you know drive through version. Now let's I'll, I'll try the the real deal. So that's why I booked a trip to to South America and spent uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, well, I spent one week in the Amazon and one week in the Sacred Valley, and yeah, just completely had my mind blown. Like by I, I was you know did a couple of these ayahuasca ceremonies. I did I did four in total for ayahuasca, and I think it was like by the second one, I was like okay. This shit is for real. Like this, <laughs> this was like ch- changing my life in real time, and um, and plus, the, I mean, the, the the setting and stuff was is just incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. you could take you could take the ayahuasca part completely out of out of the trip, and it's it's the trip of a lifetime. You're you're in the rainforest. It's paradise. There's like monkeys jumping around, sounds, and like, you know, yeah. yeah, frogs in the background. So you're like, this is amazing. And then you have this like sort of yeah, this this medicine that just has this such a potent effect and there were these three shaman all singing in like different harmony and stuff just incredible and um yeah it just it for, for me that tradition it really helped and again and i wasn't particularly like pre i i consider myself quite a skeptical person so i didn't realize it was going to have such a profound effect on me mm-hmm. but i think like i said because i'm coming from this this western place where we don't have any traditions around this then it helps to go to somewhere where they do have this tradition because then you can kind of like adopt it or sort of, you know, import it yourself and, uh, and understand, okay, well, now, that, now there's, you know, this moment of reflection, now there's this kind of sharing culture, now there's mm-hmm. this, you know, so it, it sort of, it helps you kind of get over your skepticism to it. But it's something we're going to have to get a grip on because I, although I'm, I'm, I'm no kind of like a firm believer in, in like, you know, the power of these traditions and these rituals are, around it, but the fact is that these things are exploding out of the Amazon and out of South America. Not everyone can go to South America. And like you mentioned, you know, it's this, I know there's some places in, in the US that are set up and these places in, in Europe. So somehow we're going to have to sort of get, get it so it, it comes, you know, the tradition can't be too rooted in the Amazon. Otherwise, it, the kind of the explore, the kind of worldwide explosion is not going to happen. So, you know, so mm-hmm. I've seen different different sort of organisations try and handle it in this in different ways. Some try and handle it in ways where it's like, oh, we'll forget the traditions. Let's try and do something in a completely modern way. That didn't really sort of connect with me. And then I've seen ones where, um, so like one place I, I go to in Europe where they bring in uh, a shaman out of the Amazon. So like they they come over. They'll do, you know, they'll stay in Europe for like a couple of months, do sort of ceremonies, and bring that tradition out, and that worked really well for me because then, you know, not everyone can afford uh, to have to have a go to them or even take the time to go there. It's, it's such a time-consuming thing to, you know, fly out to South America and go and hide in the middle of the jungle for <laughs> for two weeks. Not everyone wants to, wants to get eaten by mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, with this whole kind of like psychedelic explosion that's going on, we're gonna have to. Like I said, just work out the details as we go. It's going to be a really weird feeling out process. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost it's it it almost feels like it's impossible to recreate the experience of what you get down in the jungle to bring it back here to Western civilization. I mean, unless they can 
get virtual reality to an incredible point where you can put people in a room and it feels like you're in the rainforest and the sounds are going off and you can have, you know, shamans, like you said, brought up from, from the Amazon that, that have, have gone through generations and generations of, of learning the, these medicines and learning how to, to work with them and work with the spirits within them and then have them come and facilitate the, the whole thing and then create those new generations of people um, Western, you know, people that can adopt them and then, and, and, and carry them on. I'm, I've got a, another podcast set up this week with, um, the shaman that introduced me to this and, and got, got to me and my partner, we went down to, to Peru. His name's Bryce. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a perfect example of one of these people that, um, got immersed in the culture he's been living there now for for a couple years um and working with different shamans and and learning learning the practices and then and then being that bridge between the the shamans and people in in western culture because they like even just just the knowledge that they have they they don't have a way to communicate that most of them even just the language barrier alone Mm -hmm is hard enough for them to be able to reach out. And like, as you're down there, you start to realize like, this is something that's so powerful, but it seems like it's so exclusive. And it's something that the, the way that it's set up like that almost feels like there's a reason for that. Like there's a barrier for entry where it's like, it's not easy to, to get access to this medicine. It's not easy. And, and part of me, is upset at that. I feel like it should be more readily available, but then another part of me feels like there's some sort of like real reason, like a spiritual reason why this is a difficult journey, why there's so many steps that you have to take, why there's a sacrifice that you have to make. Um, you know, just going down even to the jungle and like you said, getting eaten alive by mosquitoes and dealing with, you know, walking through the foot two feet of mud to get get to the get to the the tent or the place that you're you're gonna be staying. Like there's so much um even just like the the cleanliness, like the mm-hmm. bathrooms, stuff like that. There's no amenities out there, any of those types of things. So it's it's something that you have to have a certain amount of um, willingness to explore and willingness to jump outside of your comfort zone and try something new. And I feel like there's a, a part part of me feels like there's a reason for that. Like that, that maybe yeah, Mother all- Ayahuasca, she doesn't want it to be easy. You know what I mean? She doesn't. I think, yeah, I think a part of it is is just, there's that sort of like artisan sort of aspect to it. But we, we, you know, you talk about your your friend, was it Bryce, I think you said, was who, you know, you go down there and you sort of, you you put the work in and you you sort of, you're learning this, this craft. And I think that is something that we don't necessarily put the same value in we should we should do what all we see is that there's a there's a substance there's a substance and you take a substance and Mm -hmm. hey i can go and buy the ingredients for this substance on the internet so therefore i can make this substance and that's all there is to it and i don't think that's all there is to it at all i think this is the the substance is one part of this kind of basically an event what's what's happening and you know it would be almost like we're trying to like you know going putting on a, a sort of a 
you know, a, a gig as a musician and thinking that all you need to do is just go and buy a guitar. It's like, no, the, the guitar might is like, you know, or, or the keyboard or the drums is just one aspect of it. You've got to go and learn to play the thing and mm-hmm. to, to make the event. It doesn't just come from just going buying the thing. Anyone can go and buy the thing. That's easy. And I think, yeah, the, so when you, when you got people who, and you know, who come from the West, but who pay the sort of like the correct amount of reverence to these things. And it's not just, I don't think it's just like lip service as well. I think that's something else that we struggle with these people. Oh, it's just, you know, you're going through these like kooky rituals and sort of, you know, it's, you're being all hipster living in the jungle for a couple of, a couple mm-hmm. of years. And it's like, no, you, you are learning a craft. This is like a carpenter learning to carve the ultimate sort of table. You are learning to, to hold like a ceremony, to hold space for people to basically have like go, go insane in a controlled way. You are, you are going to take that on your shoulders, that burden of total controls, this, this outpouring of emotion. And it takes incredible skill, which I would never claim to be able to do. I, I could not be like your friend, Bryce. I, I could not do it. Mm-hmm. It's just not in my skill set. You have to be a certain person who, who can do this. And that's, you know, and there's, I see a lot of people who sort of get very, um, very cocky and very arrogant about it because they've had one, you know, or perhaps just even a little misguided. Sometimes people have one of these experiences and think, well, I can do that. You know, I'll, 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 I'll go and buy that stuff off the internet and then I'm a shaman and I'll, I'm, you know, and it's like, dude, you've got no idea. Like, what are you going to do when, you know, some hulking ex-Marine who's got like post-traumatic stress disorder is just, emotionally explodes in front of you and you think you're going to hold that space just because you learned how to make homemade ayahuasca on the, you know, mm-hmm. on the internet. And now you start serving it to people because you think you're a shaman. It's, there's more to it than that. You saw, I think that for the people who are, who are prepared to put that, that graft in and go through the sort of hard work and learn. And, and I've got, you know, friends similar to, to what you described with Bryce, who, you know, these are like, you know, Europeans or Australian and stuff, but who went and sort of, did the work and sort of spent time with the shams apprenticing, learning the language, learning the, not just the, the spoken language, but the cultural language and the language of these plants. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, now I can act as these kind of these bridges, like what you describe. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for these people. Um, and, yeah. you know, again, I, I, I'm not one of them. <laughs> I, can, I think all, all I can do is, is, is report on, on these experiences, but I would never want to be, like that person who's responsible for someone else. You have to be like some kind of angel. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That. No, they're, they're special, special healing beings. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when they have their first experience, mother ayahuasca kind of just says like, you are, you are yeah. one of my soldiers you now. And you're, you, you are marked. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to be spreading this. And I'm sure there's a lot of joy, um, that comes with with that because you're literally explore like every night you're exploring like different worlds and 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 having like just having I'm so excited to have this conversation with him because even before when we when we went down there he was just starting to kind of get his his feet wet with like trying different dietas and like different plants and 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 being able to communicate and be like oh this like recognize the entity that matches with that plant and when they show up in the in the room and be like oh that's um you know wapachu or or this is what you know what i mean like different mm-hmm. uh different kind of wachuma different 
entities that show up within the plants and then become a part of that space. I'm so excited to talk to him and, and be like, what other entities have you met? What other, <laughs> what other beings, what other plants have you talked to? Like, obviously mother ayahuasca is like this grand master of the whole thing. She's like, seems like she's the one that just knows everything and has been around forever since ever there ever was existence and just like and we got to get deep into this because some people i think we're we're, we're talking about we're talking about ayahuasca in this way of like me and you understand this but people are listening and they're just like what the fuck are you talking about who is is ayahuasca what is mother i what is this so so for people who don't don't um who've never had a chance to experience it and never heard anything about what ayahuasca is um if, if you can break it down for them a little bit, just like what the, the two compounds are and how they've, they came together to create this, this magical tea, this brewed drink so that people can meet this entity. If you can, if you can share. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just the, the rough time. version. I'm, I'm, yes, I know. Not the expert yeah, version. No science, no scientists or, or, or cultural historian on it, but yeah. So basically ayahuasca is a, uh, a kind of, brew that they make in the Amazon from these two plants, one being a vine called ayahuasca and the other one being a, a chacruna. chacruna plant. Chacruna. And these plants um, taken in sort of in, if you take chacruna in isolation, it contains this substance called DMT and it will do absolutely nothing. So DMT is like the most powerful psychedelic substance possibly on the planet. Um, but if you just have it on its own, it doesn't do anything. It has to be activated first or, uh, by by taking this a substance called an, an MAOI inhibitor, which is in this ayahuasca vine, and once you take this MAOI inhibitor, then if you then take DMT, you can just have the most profound, transforming, visionary, psychedelic experiences that you would have never even dreamed are possible on the other side of a set of leaves. It's it's incredible. It, like it's almost like a, a, a new way of sensing the world comes online and it tastes, touch, smell, sight, just forget it. You go into this kind of telepathic 8K laser TV beam directly into pineal gland in like multi-colors kaleidoscopes. It's bananas <laughs> in the most fantastic or inspiring way. And you just, you, it, it, it changes you. It, it cannot not change you. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, yeah, it, it's just incredible. But part of the, the sort of the flip side to it is it can also be an incredibly challenging experience because it can also, um, um, first of all, it can be physically uncomfortable because it, it can induce uh, very deep vomiting, like vomiting like you have never vomited before, sometimes like explosive diarrhea, some, you know, aches and pains. But the other thing, it, it, it's it can also make you relive emotional trauma, which is kind of the reason that people tend to, one of the reasons people tend to do it is because if you've had something that's, that's haunting you from your past, whether it's like grief, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, depression, anxiety, then by reliving these things in such a vivid way, you can overcome them and sort of, you, you know, you, whatever it was that was kind of troubling you, you go through those deep waters and then you come out the other side and yeah, like, you know, if you've, if someone who's been like crippled by these conditions, you know, people who had depression or anxiety so bad that it's just dominating lives, this can revolutionize your, your life. It can, it can really change. And so it's a, 
yeah, that's kind of our ayahuasca in a in a nutshell, I guess. Beautiful. That was beautiful. That was very <laughs> well you, put. That was so. That was yes. It is bananas. It it is, <laughs> it is uh, almost uh, unexplanatory when it happens. Um, for you, if you can, um, or if you're willing to to share any of your personal kind of experiences with it when you went and uh, and sure. and and had the ayahuasca. I mean, obviously it she, she kind of cradles you like a baby and just kind of like takes you through your life and, and puts up images of things that have happened almost like this psychedelic movie screen where all the scenes are happening simultaneously and you can understand mm-hmm. and interpret them. And the one thing that I found that was incredible was how she places you in the situation and then allows you to 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 live and experience the whole situation not just from your own eyes but from the eyes of the people that the situation has affected so if it was your mother your father your brother or anything like that like you see and live relive the whole experience as yourself and then you relive and experience it as them as well and it's like so powerful so what are if you can what are some of the things that specifically she brought up for you that that helped you that changed you yeah no i think i should probably just just add an extra little bit of information because we, we keep referring to her in this mother ayahuasca thing and just, so just to, for the people who don't know yeah, yeah so, so mother it's not ayahuasca a real person is, it's not yeah. well, yeah, it, it's seen it's seen as the kind of as the personification of of the the spirit that you meet within this thing and depending on how you want to define spirit you know some mm-hmm. people aren't comfortable with that sort of term but the kind of the the feeling of this other worldly intelligence, that's what the sort of the culture is called Mother Ayahuasca. Um, so in terms of my own experiences and sort of what got me down there was that, yeah, I, I was one of these people who had this kind of this crippling anxiety. Um, so around about my mid-30s, I mean, I'm in my 40s now, uh, but in my mid-30s, I, I, I was fine. And then suddenly I just wasn't. I was, I was, I used to be, you know, I was, I was supremely confident person who was, I felt like I knew my place. I had a good career. I was married. I had two, two lovely kids. Everything was going fine. And then it just wasn't. And I suddenly had just crippling anxiety and it was, I was started having panic attacks for, for no reason. I, I didn't know what was happening. I was just sort of just almost like typical midlife crisis thing. It was just came out of nowhere. And and then because I, I have um, epilepsy uh, anyway, then the panic attacks were like triggering me to have seizures and the seizures were sort of making me more scared of having more panic attacks. And I was just got into this, this loop of just like panic would equal seizures, seizures would, uh, and then I was like terrified of, of, you know, having a seizure, you know, out, out in the street somewhere where I might die. And so this fear of death escalated. And so as I was coming like in my mid thirties, I would, I was, almost becoming housebound because I had just had this just never ending loop of anxiety, fear, and of just scared I was going to die and just, you know, widow my wife and leave my kids with a father. So I, I was fucked. I, I felt like I was, my life was completely screwed and I did not understand what was happening. So I was ready for trying anything. Um, and that's kind of what led me into it into doing this road with, uh, with, with psychedelics. And I'd done psychedelics since I was a, uh, I was a kid, since like as a teenager and sort of, you know, what we call like recreational sort of doses. Mm-hmm. But then it's when I, I, I tried a uh, DMT and this was uh, smoked DMT at first. And uh, I, I tried that. And within about like the space of 10 minutes, I went from someone who was just cowering in fear of death. And I was like, shit, I'm, I'm actually okay with this now. This is, this is, 
yeah, I, I understand now that when I die, it's just a, it's just a transition state, and that you know, the, what I was I was in some different state before, and now I'm me, and then I'll be in some different state again, and that seems fine. That's like the natural order of things. So what's your problem? I was like, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so that, that that seemed to sort that it. So that was I was then I was just fascinated. I was like, okay, well, if if that can happen in the space of ten minutes, then let's let's see what happens when I've got more space to sort of navigate around within this, and that's what led me to ayahuasca. And since then, since working with it, my anxiety levels have dropped right down. I've got, I've got my life back. I've, I've just, I just feel like a sort of a better person. But what the, ex, the kind of one of the experiences that I had that drove all that was, um, I was in, uh, I was in the jungle, and again, just, just absolutely colliding with all this stuff because I was so skeptical. I was so like, you know, cut and dried atheist. Don't believe any of this bullshit. But yeah, I was just colliding with it, and these experiences were happening. And you have to sort of put it together. And I, and I had this one experience where, um, I, yeah, I kind of I've kind of referred to it as like my spiritual experience, even though I don't, I, you know, I wasn't comfortable with that word of spirituality at all at the time. Um, but yeah, I just, I kind of had this experience of just being sort of overcome by the medicine. Like I, I sat there, I, I drank the ayahuasca and sat on my mat and then, all this kind of Shipibo imagery, Shipibo being the sort of one of the tribes in the Amazon um, who have this very distinctive sort of tribal imagery, started pouring out of the, out of every like possible crevice into into reality. And um, sorry, sorry, so, um, I have my phone on airplane mode, and somehow somebody was still able to call me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's possible. Continue. Yeah, no, yeah, so all, all this kind of imagery just starts pouring through and just kind of encapsulated my face and just was like pouring in through like my eyes and, and, and mouth and everything. And that quite a traumatic experience. You know, it was like, it was almost this feeling of, of, of me being just forced out of me. There was nothing left of me. And, uh, and I was throwing up and it was, I was just throwing up from the depths of my soul. And I, like I say, this could be a, a very difficult experience. And I was always like begging it to stop. And then it just broke. It just, it just, just a wave broke and it was just this beautiful, calm moment. And I just felt peace like I have never experienced in my life before. Just like all the noise and the chatter of like, of all my little, all the stuff that goes going on in my head, like 24 hours a day, just dropped away. And I just, I just saw myself and my sort of life in like perfect clarity and then I, I kind of looked up and I was looking like directly at me. Like I was, I was having an out of body experience looking at me, but I was also that person looking back at me. Like both of these were me. And I was seeing from both perspectives at the same time. Like, so crazy. and I was, and I just like had this dialogue with myself, like saying, just do just, you know, you know, I love you, man, but just, just calm down and just look after yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, just, it's okay, mate. Just, it's, it's all going to be good. It's, you know, don't worry about things. Just take things a little bit slower. You're doing a really great job. Look at, look at what you've done for yourself. It's all, and I'm, you know, you're just hearing all these things that are so simple, like, mm-hmm. you know, slow things down, look after yourself. You know, I love you. And it's, it's so, it's so basic. It might even sound completely absurd, but at that time I just needed to hear it. And mm-hmm. I, was just, I was crying my eyes out. It was the most like beautiful experience of, of my life. And this was without necessarily, you know, having this sort of experience of like mother ayahuasca or any spirits. This was just a sort of a face-to-face conversation with what I needed to hear. And 
yeah, and it, and it was just this kind of like a, a, a very simple. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like I say it's it's it almost sounds mundane. This kind of this this just is peace and quiet and but it's you know when you realize how much kind of bullshit that we've built up in our lives of all this day to day sort of nonsense and all this this kind of bravado and persona that we put around ourselves just to mm-hmm. have that all stripped away and just to see yourself for who you are is it, it's incredible. And I just kind of I remember I just spent about like you know thirty minutes just like looking around the room like I. Because <laughs> you know, I was in a room with like like twenty other people, like, are, are you guys seeing this? Like, are, are, are we all just been through the same thing? They're all like, yeah, man. <laughs> and, it, and it was, yeah, it, it was just, a, it was just a, it was, even though it was one of the most difficult experiences of my life, it was one of the most profound experiences of my life. I will never forget it. Um, and I mean, just even just reciting it, I kind of feel it sort of like welling up inside me. It's, right. um, it's. It, it's a gift. It's 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 an absolute gift. Um. So yeah, I, I think that. I mean, I, I've I've got like a bazillion other stories like that, but that's the one that sort of stays with me because it was just so simple. I mean, there's, there's definitely you know you can have very far out things, very like cosmic and sci-fi and wearing around the galaxy. But I always find that the simplest lessons are the ones that sort of mean the most uh, in the end. The ones that are, yeah, just just very. Not necessarily got all the all those kind of psychedelic fireworks, but I've got this kind of like emotional resonance. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that, that that was one that that sticks out for me. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I, I was getting tears in my eyes when you're <laughs> saying that. Stuff. Just I I feel it. I know I know I know that that feeling and just that the the simplest one when you just tell yourself I love you. It's yeah. it's something that we don't say to ourselves enough. And we say it to other people and, you know, there, there's, there's self love that is lacking in our society tremendously and, 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 and a, an inability to appreciate ourselves for what we are and what the gifts that we have, because we're constantly comparing ourselves with others. We're constantly confronted yeah, exactly. with these images of, of, of what to be and these expectations that are put on us by other people, our parents or partners, um, you know, business associates, anything like that. We can never really truly just be be happy with who we are and thankful for who we are and then just just unconditionally love ourselves because we're always constantly picking ourselves apart almost every time we look in the mirror like oh you don't like this about yourself you don't like that about yourself and it's so important to just just remember that we have to love ourselves and every time we look in the mirror we have that chance to have that out-of-body experience where you're you you are you looking at yourself and this is something that's new like the only time people used to look in 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 reflections of water or like you know to be able to see themselves we have mirrors around us constantly we have that opportunity to look at ourselves and say hey you that person that i'm looking at you're beautiful. You're amazing. I love you. I love myself and, and really let that energy come pouring out of you and, 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 and open yourself up to it. It's like, it's so, so essential. So yeah, that, that's awesome that you were able to, to feel that. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to go through. You got to go through that, that purge and, and, uh, the discomfort, but it's worth it. Well, it's because it's for a lot of these things, we, we don't know how. I mean, even just know, you know, we, we could sit there and, and say to anybody who's listening to this podcast, you know, you know, stand in front of a mirror and, and say to yourself, you know, that, tell yourself that I love you. But 
it's there's something it's not just like going through the the motion or going through the words like i i didn't know how i didn't know how to do those things and and even you know there's a meaning behind this story that i'm telling there is a meaning to it which means something personal to me so so the words don't even fully accurately convey it Mm -hmm. but i i didn't know i didn't know how to let go I didn't know how to relax. I was so tense. I, 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 that's another thing that came to me in that ceremony. I didn't realize how, how tense my shoulders always are. I was, I'm always in like attack mode, always trying to, you know, and just, 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 I mean, even when you think you're relaxed, you're not relaxed. You're like you've got to, you know, these, these things will teach you like really sort of relax and you really sort of come out and you, you, you adjust your posture and all these things that I, that you, you just, I, I, unless I'd had that kick in the ass that something like ayahuasca could give me, I just couldn't have done it myself, even, even as trivial and as simple as these things were. And that's the sort of the power that I think of, of mm-hmm. these substances. It, it really is. It's, it's not going to do the hard work for you, but it can sort of, it really can just give you that sort of like that, that, that kick in the ass. It's like, well, dude, okay, he, here's, here's what it's like. Here's what you were like without all your bullshit. And that's just all it is. That, that's the magic. It's you minus bullshit. <laughs> and, and then you can just, and then once you see it, you can think, okay, well, that's, that's what I remember now. That's where I want to be. So I'm going to try and get myself back there. So do you know what? I'm, I'm, next time I see that weird kid at school, I'm not going to be an asshole. And, you know, next time, you know, I, I, I see my kids, I'm going to make more of an effort just, you know, because I, these, these kids are precious to me. And I, and I realize that my time with them is limited. And, you know, I'm going to sort of try and smile to people in the street because I realize, you know, this could, this smile could make the day. And you, it just, it, it allows you to sort of, come down just from all this kind of nonsense that gets built up. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say just a, just a magical experience. And I think it could just change things for, you know, in, in incredibly positive ways. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, uh, I love it. I love it. I can see everything that you're speaking is is 100% on point. Like, it's so important. Yes, smile when you're walking the streets. It's so crucial. Spread that that positive energy. You can make somebody's day simply just by doing that. Um, You know, everything everything that we're we're doing has a purpose and has a reason every every from the smallest choices that we make and you know look spending time with your kids and really appreciating that and understanding that that it's it's not going to happen every day and we're so grateful for these moments that we have right now we have to be grateful for them because it's 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 not going to be here forever and we have to we have to learn to love more and to take care of each other more and to and and to remember remember why we're here like you said I remember now I remember now that's what she's doing is mm-hmm. she's reminding us like these are the things that are important and reminding us who we really are like you say without the bullshit without all the stuff that's going on. I think it's so important, um, you know, with this meditation movement and everybody that's kind of getting on the train of mindfulness and understanding that stopping mm-hmm. and quieting your mind for 10 minutes or 15 minutes a day can increase your productivity yeah, level close, yeah. through the fucking roof by just stopping and breathing and, and, and trying to stop all that chatter for a second and really connecting with like the source and the, the, the real root of why we're here. Like this life Life isn't just pop in and pop out like no purpose to it there's so many signs all the time from from interactions that we have with people and things that we do in our life that 
prove to us and show to us that like there is some sort of grand design there's some sort of these synchronicities these moments where like you're thinking something and then all of a sudden it happens or you're thinking of some somebody and they call you all these kinds of things that point to this 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 sort of underlying meaning and 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 purpose that everything has and when we really connect to it and open ourselves up to it you start to open your eyes to it and open your mind to it and realizing like oh my god there is so much potential so much beauty so much connectedness like we are connected to every single being and person on this planet you know we we, we mm-hmm. sometimes forget that when they're when we're trying to go after our goals or get from point a to point b is to realize that everything is all connected and everybody we're all in this together and we need to open up to this and open up to the fact that like um, you know, division and separation and, and hate and, and, and clashing is not helping anything. Wars are not helping people. You know what I mean? We need to come together. We need to love some more. We need to spread that good energy. And, and, and these lessons that, that, that ayahuasca and that psychedelics are teaching us, you know, just to, to, to take care of ourselves and take care of the planet more. Cause once we take care, once we realize that all of it's, it's connected, you start realizing that like, Oh shit, like that's me too. That other person is me mm-hmm. too. That planet is me too. Like everything is me and I need to respect everything like that. Like the, the, the lessons that we're taught as, as kids in like, um, you know, the Bible and stuff like that, where, it's like treat to uh, treat the neighbor how how you want to be treated stuff like that right like simple simple rules that that we we heard and we were just like okay okay that kind of makes sense but i feel like once you do psychedelics some of those things not everything obviously i think there's a lot of wackiness in the bible but there's a few things that just like you're like oh shit like yeah that 100% i need to treat mm-hmm. that person like me because they are me and when I'm harming them, I'm harming I'm harming myself at the end of the day. When I'm when I'm looking at them and tearing them apart, I'm I'm tearing myself apart. And uh, well, so yeah, and it, uh, I mean, you can come at it from a purely selfish point of view because I mean, we all sort of know when you do that, when when you are sort of nice to that sort of person, or when you do something, it feels good. It it feels good for you. So even if you're just purely a selfish asshole, it's it's much better to sort of you know to get that recognition like with another human being and feel something good rather than just to rip somebody new asshole and sort of get that little sort of, you know, adrenaline rush of feeling like you're some sort of like alpha male for a minute, just because you managed to give somebody shit who works at Burger King, you know, and sort of like, you know, throw, you know, throw the fries back at them because they got the, the order wrong and that you get, you know, that moment of feeling self-important. That's just not sustainable. Whereas, you know, if, if you're the awesome person and you're the, you know, the, the person who's like, help people out, the person who people know they can go to and can depend on, that is a much more gratifying position to be in. That's, you know, you want to sort of, you know, that will give you a much greater sense of sort of meaning and sort of, you know, self-worth. And I think what one of the things that we can get from, from these substances is, which again, you can look at this purely from a selfish point of view, but it's like, what... At some point, we're all going to die. At some point, we're all going to be there on our deathbed. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be at that moment in time? Do you want to be the person who was feared and despised and who was like, who people were only nice to because they were, you know, you, you were paying them or because they were scared of you? You know, the person whose kids hate them. It was, it was just life is just full of regrets and just full of like shitty moments. 
is that as life slips away from you on your deathbed, just, you know, what does that person's face look like? Is, do you want that to be you? Or do you want to be the person surrounded by, you know, the people who, you know, who loved, who sort of, who, 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 you, who you did right by, just knowing that there's like, you know, good vibes and good wishes and, and you know, like people wishing you on to the next, you know, the next part of your journey, you know, all that good will coming towards you. Which one of those two people do you want to be? You're like, again, purely from a selfish point of view, I choose the second one. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, so it's, I think it, it kind of, it speaks for it, itself. And it's, and I think when you, you have these experiences, you, you cannot help but identify more with that sort of second thing and that second person. And I think it, and it cascades beyond that. And you start realizing, oh shit, you know, maybe I want to like, you know, do you know, treat my environment a, a little bit better. You don't necessarily have to go on full on sort of, you know, you know, tree hugging sort of, you know, chain, you know, whatever, but still you, you start to sort of realize like, oh, well, you know, you know, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should look after things. Maybe my, even my own environment of the apartment, maybe I want to make this a little bit nicer. You know, maybe I want to, you know, maybe I don't want to just sit and play, you know, video games for 10 hours a day. Maybe I can do something a bit more productive and maybe just play video games for two hours a day, maybe or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you can, it just, I, it all just seems to, I think if, if you harness it correctly, it just, just goes into place to start shaping you into a more sort of positive human being. Hopefully, again, I, again, there, there are sort of cases where, you know, people can have, again, very negative effects of these. And uh, I think there is stuff that can be done there to sort of mitigate it, which is around, it's, um, you know, how well people are able to integrate these experiences or, or what meaning people get from it. Um, but again, I think, I think it's sort of, if, if everything is done in the, kind of in the right way, in a responsible way, with the right amount of integration, I think just the, yeah, the potential is infinite on these things because that, that's how you feel. You just, you just recognize, whoa, I am like a being of infinite potential and I don't have the right to sit here and say, mm, I'm bored. Like, <laughs> you, cannot be, you cannot be bored any, anymore. Like, you, you can do any, you can literally do anything. You can sit there for, like you say, just for 10 minutes and explore the inner boundaries of your own existence just by closing your eyes and breathing. So yeah, I always I get, drive me nuts when I see like adults saying, "I'm bored." Yeah. Yeah. How can you, you be have bored? No right. <laughs> How can you be bored? How can you be bored at a time like this with 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 everything that's available? Um, yeah, it? it's it's mind boggling. You were talking a little bit about um, you know getting prepared for the time when you pass on into uh, the next realm, like and looking back on your life and saying, "Hey, you know, this is the good that I've done. This is the the bad that I've done. Which where where do I want to lie?" Now that you've had a chance to experience ayahuasca and and you know understanding there is this other dimension you had mentioned before how when you're in that really anxious state and really fearful state that mm. that death was something that you were afraid of at that time um yeah, terrified now that you've had had this experience what is your relationship like with death and where do you feel like we go after this life um it's such oh, a yeah. such a deep question right there it, it, but, it is uh, right. yeah go go into it dive okay so this this is a, a tricky one because i, I like i said I, I i still do come at things from this kind of like trying like quite skeptical sort of rational background and i don't 
like sort of planting too much of a flag somewhere because I think the the absolute bottom line is we don't know. And I think there's a lot of humility in yes. that statement. Uh, I, I, I don't have a lot of time for the kind of the guru types who say that they, you know, they absolutely know what's, you know, um, that's what's coming next or how, you know, or what enlightenment is or any of this crap. I, I'm just kind of, I, go from, I have no idea. So, <laughs> okay. but still, I, the, the fact is I have had some experiences which I cannot unexperience. So in like in terms of the things around death, yeah. So the experience as it was shown to me um, was that there is some kind of like, I don't know what you could call it, like this kind of universal consciousness or some kind of like, that. there, there is some kind of primary stream of consciousness from which we all come. And that was the, before I was there, before I was there as an individual, I was, part of this thing and now i am me as a, as a fractured sort of instance of this thing and then when i die i'm going to return to this thing this is I'm, I'm saying this is just exactly as it was explained to me as clear as day probably clearer than what i'm explaining now so i, I had i had one of the experiences and it just said to me you listen don't worry about it you came in through that door you're going to go out through that door mm-hmm. it's gonna it's all gonna be okay don't worry about it and it was kind of explained to me that you know there was some kind of, you know, you could call it like the spirit of humanity or the universal conscious, whatever, and that in order to understand itself as matter, that it kind of, you know, it, we, we fractured off from, the, from this collective and, you know, as we fractured off, we either become trees or bees or human beings or dolphins or, you know, whatever, whatever form of life there is to experience something unique so that when we return to the collective, then it will be enhanced and gratified by its kind of its knowledge again it comes back to that we all are one and i experienced that i experienced sort of sort of my life as myself my life as other things i experienced being a comet flying around the galaxy for like ten thousand wow. years i experienced all this and i just came back and i was like holy shit <laughs> like like what do i do with this because like 10 minutes ago i was an atheist <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I just thought the lights went off and now I've got all this stuff going around in my head which I cannot unexperience so what do I do with that and so the, the kind of I think the only honest answer I, I can give to that is well I for all I know this could this could be the absolute truth of existence or this could be drugs acting on my brain and I'm fine with either of those things. This could be maybe a portal opened up in my brain to another dimension and there's aliens. I don't care. I honestly <laughs> don't care. So, so the only thing I can know, which I think I can know like for a fact and, and, and do something real with it, is that I can take these experiences and do something and, and make a positive change to this experience. This I know is happening. I know this is happening to me right now. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this is this existence has a finite end. I believe that at some point where I'm not going to be this anymore, I'm going to die. So it's my job to get the best out of this experience. That This is my role. Whether, whether all that stuff I've just said is complete bullshit or not, it is my so, you know, sort of like responsibility to make the best of this existence, even if the lights go out as soon as I die. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take these experiences that I have, these, these transcendent experiences, and I'm going to make positive changes. And if I can't get a, something positive out of it, like if I'm just, if I'm having one of these transcendent experiences and then I just sit there going, you know, staring at a wall, 
you know, saying that, you know, I, I am the lizard king or something like that. That's a waste of time. That, that doesn't serve any purpose. I've, I've got to get something valuable from it. I've got to enhance my connections, with, you know, like human connections with people like you. I've got to, you know, get rid of some of this trauma, some of these burdens that I've been carrying. I've got to progress some way. And it doesn't have to happen overnight. I've just got to be taking little steps forward and just, and just keep going in that positive direction. Because like I said, now that I've seen like that highest ideal of myself, I know what I look like now without all the bullshit. So I've not got any excuses anymore. I've, I've, I've seen it. And so now I know what I want to aim for. I know I want to be that guy and not that guy. So I'm going this way. This is my road. And I'm going to keep going there. And if I keep doing that, and this is what I you know, kind of refer to as spirituality, this is a, a spiritual path of, of moving you towards your highest ideal. Then I think when I get to that point of death, then no matter what happens, um, and again, I, and I hope that what happens after death is the transcendent, you know, reincarnated as some amazing new life form that gets traversed the galaxy. I hope that happens. But if it doesn't, then I think I'm, I'm at a place where I can make peace with that. And, I'm, at, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to get to a place where I can make peace with this existence. Because I, I think the worst thing that we can do is get to that point and just think, shit, man, I, I wasted it all. I, mm-hmm. I, I was cruel to the people I should have, you know, shown love to. I was, I, you know, I didn't take the opportunities that were the shit. <laughs> you know, that's, I, I, you know, when we talk about like you not know, being in hell or something, I think that moment would be hell. That moment would be. Yeah, the thing I would not wish on any human being to, to sort of sit there and, and just feel so full of regret. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live my life, my human life, in kind of like humility of not knowing what's coming beyond. I'm mm-hmm. not going to pretend I know what, what, what comes. I'm not going to pretend that like I've been given some sort of divine knowledge that makes me better than anyone else. I'm just going to use, I'm just going to try and, yeah, just just make myself into the best version of me that I can be. And, and, and then that will hopefully sort of, yeah, whatever the next transition is, that will make that easier, I think. 100%. And in doing so, you're going to inspire other people to do the same thing, right? You're, you're going to inspire people to, to do exactly as, as you're living and, and, and living, living your true self and, and being you and trying to be a better person. That's like, what, that's so beautiful. Like, that's why that's, that's part of the reason why I feel like we're here is to try and improve. And, and like you said, in, in that, in that, like, this this collect people talk about this this thing called the collective consciousness that we're mm-hmm. all connected to and you know that was perfect like what you're saying it literally breaks off fra- fragments of itself so that it can become an individual it can become a this or a that experience itself and then come back into the collective and share that that collective experience and in such a fundamental way that is literally what life is like on earth right now that is what uh, exactly. a, an ayahuasca ceremony is like you you experience something you go and do this thing and then you come back and have this sharing and this 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 group session where you share what went what happened with you they share what happened with them and and everybody has this kind of growing understanding and and connection and again 
bringing back to what you're saying before of like not feeling like you're alone in this you know you're not mm-hmm. we're not we're not alone in this and to anyone that's listening like you're not alone in this psychonaut experience trying to travel and figure things out there are people out there that are trying to dive just as deep as you down that rabbit hole and and figure out what 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 is going on here and and understanding there's more to this existence than what meets the eye as we've said it's there's there's something going on here that's that's way way beyond what we can even comprehend and and it's so important for us to connect with with you know people and and talk and have these conversations so that we can share the fact that this is this is something that um that, that happens that can change lives you've obviously had amazing um you know results from from what it's done for you you could it's fucking shining out of you brother like it's it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's glowing out of you like i can see that like yeah your shoulders are relaxed you're you you are comfortable with who you are you're you're happy and you're comfortable in your skin and it's like that's you know, it's, I don't, I, I didn't meet you before prior, but I can just see from what I'm seeing now that you, you seem very happy with where you're at. And I feel like probably doing DMT and, and, and having that, those ayahuasca experiences as has been a big reason for that. Right. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I say, it's, but for me, it was, it was a, a life changer and it's, um, yeah, I, and it's, it's a funny one because I'm, I'm not necessarily sure what, what got me to that place? Because, like I said, I, I was very—I I thought I knew where I was at. So, what it was that inspired me to shake, you know, pop that cork and shake things up? Who, who knows? But yeah, I'm, I'm glad for it. And, and I think that's one of these things that maybe you know, like we're looping back around to what I talked about at the beginning. We, we need to um, have these things more sort of readily available within our culture so it's it's not quite such like an occult journey to find these things because it is you know you know not everybody knows about these you know the ayahuasca or, or some of these things and you start talking things you're like oh are you talking about drugs drugs you know it's, like, <laughs> it's these no and it's we, we we just need to get a bit more mature with our sort of our vocabulary around these things just so that it, it's not such a a weird fringe thing and, and i think it's getting there you know and like, like you mentioned at the beginning there's you know all these university studies going on and certain academics are talking about these things now so it's 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 creeping in there into the mainstream mm-hmm. and yeah and i think it's i i only think that that's a, a, an amazingly positive thing and i'm really sort of excited to see what sort of happens as these things do come out because i think that the advantage that, that we have know in this day and age is stuff like this you know the, the technology that we have is incredible at the moment and so the ability to to get information out about these things you know about the sort of the things you know the benefits of them but also the things that you can do to you know make for a, a better experience and you know we're, we're a good places to do this and you know some, sometimes there are bad places to do this and what's a good setting setting so we've got all this advantage of all this yeah this incredible internet technology and and the ability to sort of communicate like what you and I do now. There's information. Um, it's out there. It's yeah, endless. Yeah. It's, it, it's endless. You, you just got to It really open. makes me optimistic. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think this is like a, a golden age that we're living in. It's, it's, it's incredible. 100%. I feel you on that. Are you super constrained with time? I got a few more questions that I want to ask you. Are you okay? Or you got to... I'm not, I'm not super. I can probably, I can probably do a, a few more ten, minutes. Ten, okay. So. All right. Well, do, do a couple more. I wanted to know um, specifically for... 
um, when you were going through that that time in your life where you were being, you know, you were like the anxiety was taking over and controlling you, mm-hmm. and and you you found you you did DMT for the first time, which was you know, obviously doing the smoking it and having that mm-hmm. that that uh, ten minute long kind of experience. What was it that um, helped you discover DMT was was there a specific podcast that you heard or a video on YouTube that you saw or did you watch DMT the spirit molecule or what was it that kind of introduced you to even the thought of trying DMT as a, a potential option to help you in that situation like what was it that, that yeah introduced th- it to you if you remember I think it was it, it was there was a kind of like a, a zeitgeist around about some like seven or eight years ago you know, there was just something in the air and it, you can probably trace it around back to a few things you know there was this thing around some you know Joe Rogan's much memed podcast was sort of you know taking off and he was constantly mentioning sort of DMT. So it was getting into the consciousness that way. Um, it was actually a friend who, who introduced me to it. He, um, so I'd, I'd have to check with him where, where, where he got it from. But because um, I, I was like, I've been familiar with psychics. I've been doing things like uh, LSD and mushrooms since I was like a, you know, a, a teenager. Um, and then so my friend came and said, have you ever heard of this stuff called DMT? And it's, it's like the most powerful psychic. I was like, shut up i know I, i've had psychedelics i know what i'm talking about and he's like no man this is supposed to be something else like you talk to aliens i was like <laughs> uh, yeah so then you know we started like looking into it and again this was at the time when joe rogan was really hitting his, his stride so there was bits were out there and yeah i think it was just it was just one of those kind of um fortuitous sort of synchronicities whereby the idea got planted there um, there, there started being a little bit of information out on the internet, and and then it, I think it was yeah it was my, my brother who wanted to. Um, I, I was going back to England to visit him, and he he wanted to get hold of him because we were going to spend some time together. So it was kind of all these things that all just collided, and yeah, so it it, it just it kind of you know people say these things find you. It kind of did. It really just all these events just lined up, and then there I was. Um, and I note, I note of all the people who I did it with, um, most of them were like, that's too much. That's just too much. I'm not doing that again. That was like, it was, they had a good experience with it, but they were like, well, I think I've seen enough of that or what I need to see. Whereas I was like, okay, I need to get to the bottom of this. We need to, <laughs> let's, let's, let's see, what, see where this goes. Um, so yeah, it, it was a, it, it, it was just a sort of a fortuitous time of my life, I guess. And, and again, and I think that's one of the weird things which you can get quite kind of, you can go down a bit of a rabbit hole with with these things because, like maybe I needed to have that kind of spiritual crisis of all this. You know, if I hadn't had all the anxiety and all that sort of stuff, which again came out of nowhere in itself, like I, I, it was, so then. Would I would the psychedelics and this kind of the spiritual rebirthing would that have had as, as much significance? And mm. I think probably not. It's so. Yeah, I I almost see like the the kind of the the crisis the middle that I had before that is kind of part of it. It's again that's sounding quite sort of woo woo and sort of, but it it does feel like there's just so many events just, just lined up at the same time to, to get me to this place. Uh, um, 
yeah, it, it's it's hard not to sort of see it as something that being orchestrated or playing out. But and again, I don't know whether I necessarily subscribe to that that route. But uh, one one of the sort of things I've come to appreciate with with these experiences is that, um, you know, it, it is like a piece of music. It's it, it's you know the question gets asked: are, are we the music or are we the musician? And I think we're both. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just it's just happening, and you just kind of like to you just kind of have to roll with it. And I think this is one of the things whereby you know people can get kind of quite stressed out over over their lives, and you sort of you know people almost like trying too hard to make things sort of happen and trying to sort of force themselves into this. And sometimes just when you let go of it and just let things happen in in its own way, that's when some like the, the greatest sort of pieces of magic can happen mm-hmm. and again that sounds a bit weird like like trying everyone like to tell everyone just to quit and like not do anything and, and you have to find this weird balance between you know putting effort into things but also not putting too much effort into it so that you become like a control freak and end up you know full of anxiety and <laughs> like and paranoia like i was it's so, the, it's the chase it's it's 100 percent the law of attraction and I, I know exactly what you're talking about there where people get stuck in the chase and mm-hmm. it's you're constantly you're you're working to get this thing, but being absorbed in it and being involved in it the whole time. You're just chasing the whole time, and you you want that thing to happen. You want to get that thing, but when you're focused on wanting to get it and not just having it, and like that's the thing that the the part of it that the ingredient that is missing for a lot of people is just like understanding we're worthy of getting everything that we've ever wanted our wildest dreams our biggest desires we can literally Mm -hmm. manifest anything that we want into our lives but the trick is recognizing that we already have it we just haven't got it yet we're just not there yet you know what i mean there's just this 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 time between you getting that and and you creating getting it and then you just got to put in the the bit of work and the the process that 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 it takes to get there but when you're always focused on trying to get it or wanting to attain it you're never ever going to get it because you're stuck in that frequency that vibration of wanting to get it or wanting to have that thing not actually having it so you yeah, almost a lot of times trick it's your the, brain the, the, yeah and, and the pursuit of the thing can often like sort of cloud your judgment as to what it is you're actually pursuing anyway you know you, you get so obsessed with mm-hmm. you know particularly in the, in the material world of if i get this house you know if i pay off my mortgage then my problems will go away or if i you know if i marry this girl then my problems will go away or, or whatever and yeah it's the pursuit of, of that thing if i get this job and you kind of forget like that that job or that you know that house the house that you the dream house you thought really it's just a feeling of security it's just a feeling of 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 home and security and you can really you can find it anywhere you don't you don't necessarily need to to kill yourself to get this particular thing and and it's just that's just like an artificial goal that you that you set yourself really i think what you know what we could all do we doing is just dialing back to what is it that we're that we're really after here you know we're after sort of you know you know somewhere we can call home some people who we can sort of love and who will, you know, who we can look, show our love to and who will love us in return and, you know, and just connections to the people. And these things are very simple and we dress them up in Ferraris and sort of, you know, swimming pools and stuff like that. But if we if just dial it back to the, the sort of the base foundation, um, then yeah, I think people will find, find their goals a lot more attainable than what they think they are. 
100%. You can go and get it, make it happen, manifest it, take some psychedelics, and you might get there quicker. Who knows? <laughs> That's the trip. That's the trip. But yeah, thank you so much for, for taking this time to uh, to talk That's about my, pleasure, my favorite topic. <laughs> Literally, um, I, I feel like I could talk forever about DMT and psychedelics. Um, I'm just... I'm, I love the journey. I love uh, I love hearing stories of people who have experienced it and it's changed their lives. Like that, right in the middle where you really started unloading and letting letting all of it show and how how exciting it was for you and and how how much of a change it was. Like that's that that's everything for me. That that felt so good i was getting goosebumps from all over my cheeks and my, oh, I'm, just I'm, like, I'm, I'm happy to share man thanks, I, thanks for the opportunity i love hearing um those stories so i hope it encourages some people to uh if not experiment at least uh research and and, and look into some of these substances if you, if you haven't already and um yeah see what it could it could do for you because yeah it's obviously doing doing something for could, for, for yeah. you <laughs> Could be a game changer. You never know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Um, would love to have you on in in the future if you're if you're down for it. And I'm going to continue anytime, watching watching your shows because yeah, I love I love this this whole topic and and you get some cool guests on your show. So I'll keep watching. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to talk to you again, mate. So yeah, let's uh, let's do something again in, in the new year. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed this chat. So again, thanks thanks so much for the opportunity, mate. No problem. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a great day. Later, Robert. Cheers, mate. Cheers. All right. So there you have it. That is the podcast with Robert Bateman, uh, psychonaut. Um, Good dude. Good all-around guy. I I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that that really gave you some insight on ayahuasca and DMT and psychedelics in general. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Check out the next episodes. Peace.